This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Will. Hello, listeners. Hello, teabaggers. This is our last episode for 2018, so we're not going to waste any time. We decided we're just going to... We're gonna... not going to waste any time? This whole podcast is based <laughs> on the premise that we are wasting your time. Well, I'm being optimistic. <clears throat> I thought what we could do today is we have such a backlog of uh, T-mail that we'll try and plough through as many as we can in this episode. Okay. So... If we uh, get to yours, great. If we don't, we tried our best, but it's going to be a T-mail sprint. Okay, let's plough. Are you ready? Um, mate, I, I could not be more ready. I was born a plough. <laughs> I was born a plough. My dad was a plough. His dad was a plough. Terry Wallace is your dad? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Listen to Two Guys, One Cup. Go and find it on tofop.com. And if we do not get through all these letters, Charlie, I am going to spew up. Our first uh, T-mail is from Eric. Hey, Tofop. Hey, Will and Charlie, I'm a big fan of the show. I've been listening since Kathy Bates to the future, and this is the first time I've had something to potentially contribute to the show. That is a long time. <laughs> I was listening to last week's episode, which could be however long ago, and I fucking love the idea of a Tofop cassette release. You guys are serious. If you guys are serious about it, I can definitely do a lot of it for you. I'm obsessed with cassette tapes. They've always been so cheap to produce that every insane outsider artist with a boombox and 20 bucks could release anything they wanted on cassette. There are still hundreds of cassette-based artists and labels operating i couldn't tell you why but i fucking love that shit the weirder the better and i'm not joking that it's an obsession i probably spend at least 50 to 100 by the way at this point i can tell he's not joking <laughs> it may have something about like with the way that you're reading it you are certainly reading it I'm with giving a guy it a little who's extra. obsessed by cassettes but yes correct I own so many fucking tapes that I used to have boxes of them as furniture in my apartment. <laughs> this is getting sad. <laughs> yeah, I think he's cat-single, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right now, my TV stand, headboard and nightstand are all just boxes <laughs> of tapes. <laughs> Essentially, I have a Lego apartment made out of old cassettes. I'm dating a box of tapes right now. <laughs> you know that you can actually like turn them backwards instead of a pencil with your own penis if you're determined. Obviously, I understand the TOEFOP impulse to waste a shitload of money on antiquated technology. So, with that said, I have a few cassette services I can offer. If you wanted to do a small limited release, I could have my own dual cassette deck that I can dub tapes on and about 50 blank tapes and cases that we could use. If you wanted to do something bigger, there is a warehouse near my apartment that does large 100 plus orders of cassettes. I mean, who is wasting money like that? Tofop. <laughs> that's it. It's not the cheapest service. Well, that's even better. Totally fits in the brief. <laughs> right to our business plan. But it definitely costs less than Charlie spent on the cassette deck for the show at the Opera House. Well, I don't know about okay. that. All right. Uh, speaking of the Opera House, I'd like to say that uh, I'll pay any amount for that tape. Any amount. Oh, shit, because I've got it. I still have that well, cassette I mean, tape, that the original. Is... He's, a, he's a bloody cassette fetishist. Will, we can fuck it. We've got leverage here. He said he'll pay anything. He's come in like with a bad negotiation like, technique. He's a guy, like, he and I are negotiating with each other. It would just be a case of, it's just, we couldn't stop giving each other more. Yeah, he goes, I'll pay anything. And you're like, well, we'll give it to you for, for anything. anything. <laughs> Name your price. <laughs> One of my hobbies is transferring the tapes I get to my computer and restoring the audio on them. Hmm. So, if you were to sell me that tape, <laughs> I could take the recording and analyse it to see if we can find any Z-vibes or whatever that fuck that dude called them. Uh, Z-vibes being the ghost vibes. You know. Go back and listen to the shows at the Opera House for more information. So, just let me know if you're interested. I certainly am and would be willing to split the cost just... Uh, to know that a TOEFOP tape exists. Thanks for all the last, over the past eight years, Eric. Tape-fop. Isn't this interesting? Because we, we did talk about, you know, we love using some antiquated technology on this show and we talked about releasing cassette tape. 
And then I noticed this week that uh, uh, the Weekly Planet uh, uh, are doing a bonus release for their listeners, which is a cassette tape. And my heart broke a little bit because I was like, oh, that was our idea. But it's actually a USB tucked into a cassette tape. So it has the appearance of a cassette tape, but it actually has a modern function. Where will be a point of difference in the marketplace, Will? Yeah, where you, if you buy one of these cassette tapes, you're <laughs> also going to have to purchase something to play a cassette tape on. Yes. That'll be the next thing we invest in. Cassette uh, tapes and then a cassette tape player. Well, you know what the thing about this also that I enjoy is that um, the Little Dum Dum Club, speaking of other podcasts, uh, the Little Dum Dum Club have been talking about uh, Wu-Tang style, you know, kind of having an episode that is only for one person and like that person idea. can pay a lot of money for. But we already have that we episode. Have that. And we already have a buyer on the line. <laughs> You think maybe I should be like a real estate agent, call him up and say, yeah, look, I mean, we do have someone else who's interested in the tape. So if you want to put a down payment down now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, you know, this is what the other person has offered for the tape. Is that in your ballpark? (laughs) Michael gets in touch. Hey, Will and Charlie, my partner has recently been learning how to complete cryptic crosswords with a common clue, where the common clue is an anagram which reveals a famous famous person or celebrity. While she was trying to create an anagram using her name this morning, I decided to plug your names into an online anagram solver for a laugh. For Will, I discovered an anagram... Okay, so I'll give you a couple of anagrams in my name. I'll see if they're... One is Sworn Denial. Not there. Okay, and one is Insane World. Worlds. Worlds, sorry, Insane Worlds. Yes. Yes. Uh, So I discovered... uh, Will, I I plugged his name in and discovered an anagram that may be potentially prophetic. On a recent faux fop, Will discussed his intention to move to Hawaii to live out the remaining years before the seas swallow us all. Well, did you know that Will Anderson is actually an anagram of island owner? Oh my God. This is some fucking lost (laughs) shit, man. I mean, that is the sort of thing that if this was like a HBO series and there was a Reddit forum, somebody yeah. would have discovered. And they'd yeah. be like, mate, they've, they've gone back to the island. This is all happening in the same universe as Lost. His name is literally Island Owner. Uh, he goes on to say other amusing anagrams include Loins Wander, Drowns Alien. Loins Wander is my porn name. <laughs> Drowns Alien is my plan for the invasion. Wonder Snail. Wonder Snail Animated is my series. Uh, children's uh, cartoon character, Wonder Snail. Uh, the thing is that he's uh, very fast. Oh, sorry. I, I, I got it wrong before. Inane Worlds or Insane oh. World? I was going to say, I wonder where that second S came from yeah. in my name. <laughs> Anderson. Well, you know, it's Anderson's. Really Dutch, right? Two Will S's. Anderson's. Will Sanderson? Did you think my name was Sanderson? Yeah. Uh, and the last one is A Slow Dinner, which also kind of, you know, last time we were recording, you were waiting for Uber Eats to arrive. That is true, but I wasn't have. Uh, then when it arrived, I certainly did not consume it in a slow fashion. I've been doing these. I don't normally eat for sustenance. I normally eat for pleasure because you know the nature of. I'm not lifting heavy things or you're doing stuff where you like look at food as a fuel. I always look at food as just like like I get to treat myself three times a day, and you know I really enjoy food. Um, but while I'm doing these improv shows. You know, your body isn't a wonderland. Your body is an amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) My body is an amusement park. Yeah, not a good one. Yeah, I'm Dreamworld. I haven't really updated. You're Wobby's world. (laughs) Don't give yourself bloody Dreamworld, mate. I'm Gumbaya Park. You're Leyland Brothers land. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Broke down years ago. Exactly. My like... hips are actually made out of paper mache like they're Uluru. <laughs> so um, I uh, have been eating a lot, consuming food for sustenance. I do these shows and then I come home and my body is just like, like I'm eating like someone who's, on, who's won one of the challenges on Survivor. You've never seen... I've never seen food before. Yeah. I just need to jam it in my mouth. Uh, Charlie, unfortunately, your name did not offer as much insight to your possible future unless you have plans to invent a nuclear chisel, which actually is my porn name. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other one is Crucial Hen Sale. Thanks for all the last over the years. I hope there's many more to come. Your Tofop respondent in Perth, Michael. Can you run me through what my suggestions were again? Loins Wander. Loins Wander. I wonder if I could seem a whole show around just topics that were variations on like you know anagrams of my name yeah that'd win in a fucking award there you go <laughs> okay loins wander that could be about infidelity or something like yeah. that or the temptations of sex drowns alien 
Drowns Alien could definitely be my uh, well, commentary on the Australian the government's refugee. border policy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There were two people in the front row of my audience the other night who worked for Border Force. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, it was one of those moments where I was like, you are fans of my show. You've come here. You've sat in the front row. All the things I'm thinking to talk about right now would be unfair to you. It's not your fault that, you know, you're the representative of, you know, this... Anyway, we ended up talking about the TV show Border Security and whether they'd been on Border Security. And it blew my mind when they revealed to me, Charlie that um, often the uh, thing that you see on border security was reenacted because the, they weren't filming there at the time when it happened. So they get that, like, you know, old Chinese lady who's brought her herbs into Australia to have yeah. to go through the whole process again so they can film it and put it on television. Oh, so they reenact it with the person who's... Yeah, no, they're not reenactments with actors. Can they you... keep the like, old scared Chinese lady like... in a room for four hours in the dark until the cameras arrive. I mean, I can understand, like, you know, if a border security holding you up. But is that a reasonable request to say, hey, can we go through this whole process again where we search through your bag but we film it? That no, seems... it's not a reasonable request, which is why 95% of the people they see on that show can't speak English <laughs> and they can only confuse them into being on border security. Wonder Snail. Uh, Wonder Snail. Now... Uh, that's a, that's interesting to me. I don't know exactly what that is. That about I'm slow. Something like about I'm, slowing down. Uh, you getting older. You know what? Me slowing down personally, but also about the idea of this world becoming a constant stream of like you know yeah. Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and constantly being stimulated. Maybe that's my sort of mindfulness. Yeah. That or the fact that you leave a, a disgusting slimy streak anywhere you go. <laughs> I mean, it's the alternate title for my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> disgusting slimy trail yeah uh inane world yeah easy well that's an easy piece of political commentary and slow dinner slow dinner is just what i have after <laughs> <laughs> not even trying now uh james gets in contact hey will and charlie i caught up with a mate and fellow tofop listener on the weekend naturally we got talking about the podcast also knowing him to be a big port power fan i asked him if he'd listen to two guys one cup available on the tofop.com network uh he said that he hadn't but then asked me if i knew where the name came from i said i didn't <laughs> And after several minutes searching on his phone through what I can only assume was the dark web, he then proceeded to show me two girls, one cup, the video. Picture a slightly hungover 40-something-year-old bloke sitting on the sky buster telemarine, trying very hard not to vomit on the strangers sitting next to them. Fuck the trauma. <laughs> For those listening, if you've not seen it, don't be tempted. Don't. Once seen, it can never be unseen. Never be unseen. And then quite a whimsical... Every time I close my eyes, ellipses. <laughs> anyway, keep up the good work, James. Yeah, no, certainly, if you are new to the internet, please do never, never, never Google two girls, one cup. Tim gets in contact. Hi, Will and Charlie. Regarding Will's announcement on the 13th of November episode, which is better because <laughs> now we're, we're, we know somewhere in the timeline, yeah. we're about a month ago. Uh, that exactly no one, a month ago. We're recording this on the 13th. So that he said on the episode that no one from Will's suburb listens to the podcast. Ha ha ha. Here I am. I have even had Will with his earbuds in serendipitously walk past me on the street with his two bulldogs, French bulldogs, whilst I was listening to a Tofop episode. I controlled my excitement despite being a huge fanboy and did not interrupt his morning stroll. Very many thanks for the years of laughs, Tim. Well, I appreciate that, Tim. You know I like to be left alone. <laughs> Don't really like to leave the house, but I have to to walk the dogs. Uh, this is uh, from Mikhail, not to be confused with Michael. Um, I had a very funny chat with uh, James and Claire from Planet Broadcasting while I was in Melbourne, and they were talking about our producer, Michael, and they kept referring to him as Mikhail. <laughs> I didn't think I didn't know who they were talking about at first. He does always like, dress in navy, which yeah. might be an inside joke of some kind. <laughs> hey, Tofop. Uh, I listened to a string of older Tofop episodes on my way to Europe recently. Well, yes, uh, that makes sense. You know, uh, Get yourself ready for the European <laughs> the sophistication, sophistication of Europe. Exactly. Ease your way into the European sophistication with some uh, Tofop tips. I know when I've just left the Louvre, uh, I want to hear about two guys talking about Batman. Our numbers went up considerably around the royal wedding. <laughs> Much of the confusion of my girlfriend, I was occasionally watery-eyed with laughter listening to your banter. I wasn't sure if this was to do with the content of the episodes or my lack of sleep or possibly the fact that I was on a plane. During a subsequent episode I listened to while traveling, you discussed the fact that people are extra emotional during flights when watching movies, and I feel this may have been the case for me, but it led me to a thought. 
As a possible money-making business venture, maybe you should have your podcast included on in-flight entertainment. As people may be in a compromised emotional state, they may find your rambling discussions of particular value. Maybe as an untapped market, question mark? I should add that during the flight home, I slept through three continuous episodes, so maybe more research is needed. Well, here's what I would say about that, um, is that, gee, we'd have to edit some stuff. Yes. And also, I think it would make it uncomfortable for us to be on flights. Mm. That would be fine if neither of us were ever going to be on a flight. But I told you about sitting next to the guy who was watching my uh, stand-up special. Remind me. Plane. Did I not tell you this? I was uh, flying to Melbourne and the guy next to me was watching my stand-up special uh, on the plane because it was available on the flight. But he had it on one like on his own iPad that he'd set up with oh, the, yeah. you know, the in-flight thing. And so he's watching it there. And he hasn't copped that it's me sitting next to him because I've got like at this stage a beard, I'm wearing my glasses, like I've got a hat on. Um, and he starts watching it and I become aware that he's watching it, but he is not looking up from it. And now I'm like, oh, at some stage he's going to realise that I'm going to sit next to him and this is like going to be something. And then uh, he never realised. The whole flight? For the entire flight. Wow. And he watched my entire special. Did you and watch yes, him? Charlie. Did, yeah. I did watch him yeah, watch the special and he did not laugh once. Oh, no. Watched the whole thing, did not laugh once. So then at the end, I didn't want him to recognise me. <laughs> I did want to ask him questions. I did want to be like, are you the sort of guy who laughs internally? Like you're having a good time, but yeah, for no real reason. <laughs> Uh, Sam gets in contact Hey guys Ever hear a weird noise And then get heaps paranoid That someone might be living secretly in your ceiling Love Sam No Never Well until today <laughs> One of my great fantasies Is to escape a zombie invasion By hiding in the ceiling And then nobody know That I'm home alone And just get some peace and quiet The diary of Will I Anderson. have that dream All the time <laughs> Really? That there's some sort of zombie thing And I hide in the roof and they all go by, but no one can get to this area, and I just get to live here on what I have in the house until like for a few weeks. And you're and, and that's like you're talking about it like it's an aspirational. Dream. That's my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I, I always feel good. Andrew writes in, uh, greetings, gentlemen. Uh, Re newsagent porno placement. Um, uh, when recent episode we discussed, you know, where do you place the pornos when you run a news agency? Uh, our family had a news agent all through my childhood, and I can offer you some insight into the placement of the nudie mags. If you can imagine the shop doors to one side, counter immediately next to them, and on one aisle up the middle of the uh, and one aisle up the middle of the store, the very front of the aisle is where the daily newspapers were stacked at the start of the aisle, opposite the counter, so customers were facing us near the counter. That's where we kept all these magazines. One reason was to stop all the kids like Charlie <laughs> sneaking in and having a browse. The other was for our amusement. Time and time again, we watched guys too ashamed to buy one, look at the car magazines nearby, but somehow never look at the magazine they're holding, occasionally bending down to flick the pages of the porno, then back to the latest issue of Hot Fours. <laughs> there were guys who definitely didn't look like the type to read the financial review who stood there with their paper open <laughs> and never turned a page. That their eyes would move around a lot. It was pretty hilarious seeing what they would try and get away with. The only magazines not in a plastic bag were MA15+, Plus, so kids in year 10 could technically buy one, but everyone felt too embarrassed to get it. Thank God for the internet. Hey, guys. I mean, it really has made, taken away that sort of shameful part of, of, of pornography, right? I mean, I have bought... I mean, back when there were pornos, I have bought magazine pornos. And my thought was always, what can I buy around this that suggests to the person behind the counter that I'm a stable individual, that I'm not going to go home and immediately masturbate? Yeah, like, don't get like guns and ammo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Inside cricket. Who is yeah. this guy? Yeah, maybe buy like a smell like a BRW yeah. and get like, a, I don't know, it's a protein shake or something to show that, you know, I leave the house occasionally. I'm just not in a, locked in a dark room. I'm not sure you want them to be thinking about protein. <laughs> yeah. at the time. I think that's... Just a big jar of orange juice. I'm going to be exhausted. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I used to work in a video store as well. So I had guys who would come and rent the pornos. And that was always hilarious too because there were some dudes who were like, fuck it, you get five weeklies for 10 bucks, I'm just going to get five pornos. And then there'd be guys who'd like, well, I'm going to buy four, I'm going to get four regular films four regular. and just slip a dirty one in the middle. Yeah, I want you to think that I watch normal films most of the time, but sometimes I want to watch a porno. But my favorite <laughs> dude was this old digger. 
he was an old uh, a veteran and he would come in on his like mo- what are the, the what are they called the the scooters the little the uh well, motorized scooters they're the, called rascals uh, aren't they the, are they the ones that you ride in with well, a little the, basket yeah the, the electric scooter electric I scooter know. i mean so I this, didn't realise they had a name. I think they're called Rascals. Rascals? I think so. Okay. You can look it up if you want. Okay, I will. Rascal Motor Scooter. Um, but this dude would rock into the video store and it was always the same um, routine where he would browse around, would have a bit of a chat. He'd normally come from the RSL, he's had a couple of pots and then he would ride around. He'd always get a couple of war movies. He liked John Wayne. And so he would come up with his war movies. He'd hand me like one or two John Waynes. And then he'd hand me three pornos, but always with the same, oh, whatever this rubbish is, I'm not even sure. What it, like, as if, like, he, he just, you know, he, he really only wanted two films, but he knew he could get five. So he just grabbed the first three he saw. They just happened to all be porn- pornographic. I got the Guns of Nevero and the Buns of Nevero, <laughs> of Navajo. <laughs> I assume they're both war movies, right? Um, uh, you're absolutely right. Rascal is a brand of... Uh, uh, what they describe as electric mobility scooters. There you go. Uh, Andrew finishes. Best part of growing up in a newsagent was when the new issues came out, the old ones had the covers torn off to get a refund of sorts from the publisher and the remaining pages were just recycled. It meant I never paid for a magazine, ever. Our posters in our bedrooms were many and we got to keep all the gift bags, the bonus CDs and DVDs. Yeah, of course, that's right, because NME would come out and there'd be like some compilation. You're actually... As a teenager, that's what you want. You're getting posters and free CDs. Yeah, it's working out beautifully. It's a gold mine. Yeah, living that news agency life, motherfucker. <laughs> Rolling deep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> and yes, we had some topless porn mags. I wonder if they ever knew why I volunteered so enthusiastically sometimes. Shout out to all the top end news agencies in Lithgow. I just added the kiss. That was from me. All right. Luke gets in contact. Hey, How do you think we're going, by the way? Um, we've been going for about uh, 20 minutes, so we're about a third of the way through. Do you think we're a third of the way through the letters? No. Okay, all right, we'll pick <laughs> up the pace. We'll pick up the pace. <laughs> Luke, uh, hey, uh, Charlie and Will, just wanting to get some advice relating to something that happened to me at my local coffee shop recently. Said coffee shop has about eight booths for seating, as you'd see in Seinfeld, etc., etc., as well as a few rather small dinky tables. Obviously, the booths are much more comfortable and spacious, and so they're much more sought after. So much so that in peak times, people will flock to a newly available booth like rabid dogs. The chairs at the small tables have no back and you feel pretty cramped. It was early one afternoon uh, when the following incident occurred. At such uh, uh, during a peak coffee rush, uh, just after peak coffee rush was over, I just picked up some groceries, and as I walked past, I noticed there was a free booth, so I decided to stop for coffee. Not long after my coffee arrived, a lady approached me, so sitting in an empty booth, uh, and she asked me if I was waiting for anyone. And when I replied in the negative, she asked if she could sit opposite me. I pointed out to her that there were several other seats available, the small and popular ones. <laughs> to which she replied, "Yes, but I don't like them." <laughs> I erred, and, I erred and aard and tried my best to look very displeased with her request. She thankfully got the message and she moved on. Oh. Right. As you both seem rather well versed in social awkwardness, I'm interested in what you make of this and what would you have done in my situation. Me being who I am, I spent the rest of my coffee feeling guilty about what I did. But likewise, I know that if I complied with her request, I would have been angry with both myself and her and not enjoyed my coffee at, in, at all. In my opinion, the woman just fucked the whole situation by asking the question in the first place. Keep up the good work. Regards, Luke. You want to go first? 100% know what I would do in that situation. Yeah. I would absolutely let her sit down because I can't say no to anybody in that sort of situation. And then I would feel awkward about the fact that we were sitting in a booth which isn't designed for people who are strangers to sit in together. And I would quickly finish my coffee and move on regardless of what my plans had been to settle in. She would what? She would win. She would win immediately a battle she did not even know that she was in. Uh, I would let them sit and not have a problem. I do that all the time. I will share booths or tables with people. I'm very uh, self-absorbed and can disappear in my own world very quickly. I don't feel compelled to talk to a stranger. No, no, no. I I think that that both of our answers are 100% true. (laughs) Blake says, Hi, Will and Charlie. I've been an avid listener of the pod for a while and have also listened to the entire back catalogue of content. Over the years, you boys have talked about numerous superhero films and your love-hate relationship with the Marvel DC Universe. It leads to my question, what the fuck is up with my dad? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, things took a turn. Okay. Old Mate is a huge superhero fan and he, you know, I love this, that we've got like generations of superhero, like the nerds truly have inherited. When the nerds are producing offspring nerds, they have really inherited the earth, haven't they? They have indeed. 
Old Mate is a huge superhero fan and he currently owns every Marvel and DC movie on Blu-ray. A few years back, I decided to ask him what his favorite superhero film was. Guess what the legend said? Fucking Ang Lee's Hulk and Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern. At first, I was suspicious that he was simply humoring me for the sake of it. But years have gone by and he still stands by the fact that Hulk and Green Lantern are his all-time favorite superhero films. I've personally witnessed this crazy man watch Ang Lee's Hulk over 10 times since first proposing the question a few years back. Will and Charlie, has my dad been pulling off the most impressive grift of a lifetime in a mindless attempt to fuck with me? Or do I attempt to entertain the ominous thought that my dad actually enjoys these horrendous blockbuster bombs? Is old mate in a completely other realm of film critiquing, seeing cinema in a fourth dimension that only superior life form or in Interstellar could witness, illuminating unforeseen visuals? All right, fucking Shakespeare. But <laughs> somehow... Ang make Ang Lee's despicable film a truly aesthetic masterpiece of visual storytelling. That's a fucking paragraph. Love the Bud Boys and love the Will Eagle shows in Perth earlier this year. Keep up the great work and feel free to say my name. It's okay. Right. Uh, all right. I've got some theories. Blake. Firstly, Blake. Um, <clears throat> okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Well done, Will. <laughs> Brilliant. Michael, can you isolate that? I want to make it my ringtone. Will going, oh. Yeah, that's right. You fuck up once, I'll make fun of it. I believe um, that you should not bring this up with our old mate, your dad, because um, you, you might make him angry and you're not going to like him when he's angry. Boo. Boo. Is that why you were so desperate to get out? You tripped yourself up. You choked. You were so excited to make that terrible I was terrible so gag. excited about my you're not going to like me when I'm angry joke that I couldn't concentrate on anything else and I forgot to breathe and my body made a noise that wasn't actually meant to be a word. It was just my body grasping for oxygen because I was so excited about the joke I was going to make that I'd forgotten how to breathe. That is actually what happened. I love the idea that, Blake, you know your dad better than us. I love Is he the kind a guy who would be doing a fucking grift on you because if it is commitment and i want to see what the end game is i'd love to know what when the big reveal is going to be like what's the payoff for dad what's in it for him to pull this grift off i think that your dad is um has a secret erotic fetishism about the color green and he only likes superheroes yeah right that are painted in a green palette so that's why he enjoys the Green Lantern film and that's why he enjoys the Hulk. He doesn't know it, but he's got an inbuilt natural bias. You know what? Do a little test. Go up to old mate and say, do you like the Muppets? Who's your favourite Muppet? Ah, and if he says yeah. Kermit, immediately yeah. without thinking, I reckon it's a green fetish that he doesn't actually understand. I agree with that. <laughs> Stella writes in, hey Will and Charlie, I've been loving your show for the past year, but there is one thing that I haven't figured out. Oh. Is Mike Hale, <laughs> Mike Hale, she's spelled, she's, it's Mike Hale, but she's written as Mike Hale. Is Mike Hale, is that our accent must make it sound like that? Is Mike Hale a real man or artificial intelligence? I go through stages of thinking he must be human, but then Charlie will say something that changes my mind. For example, here are some points for me against uh, Mike Hale's life form. He might be human because A, he got a vasectomy, B, you mentioned paying him, and C, you WhatsApp in a group chat. He might be AI because A, you said he's AI, and B, his voice is always presented as robotic. <laughs> Those two columns don't seem on equal footing, if you ask I me. Mean, at least she's made a list. <laughs> it seems logical that he has to be human, but you keep saying things to throw me off so I can never be sure. You're answering your own question. Read mean, into what you're writing. Are you suggesting <laughs> it might be some sort of joke where it's an actual human, but they're kind of pretending that he is an AI person? Thank you for Because now that I've written all this down, it does seem like that's maybe exactly what you're doing. Have I just written out in a letter to you guys spelling out everything that you're actually doing without realising the thing that you're doing? <laughs> Thanks for clearing this up for me, Stella. P.S. Do you guys remember talking about that scenario if the whole world was on a giant stretch of land and, you, and uh, the human race had to battle it out to the death? Uh, yeah, I remember that. We recorded that in Los Angeles, I believe. Um, well, that image still haunts me as I am five foot tall and I can see it going very badly for me. Well, who knows? Might Maybe be, might be handy to be close to the ground. Yeah, it might be handy too. You team up with like the people over seven foot, you'll be like Master Blaster. And, yeah, and but also like you know what I mean. Like if people are firing arrows or guns, just lie, and, like, just they're going to get the tall people first. Yeah, and you can kind of hide under the bodies and stuff. Yeah, but if they set like Walking they, Dead style, but if they if they like set off like there's landmines and shit, like we're all well, everyone's, everyone's equal fucked. then. 
Do I mean it's not like tall people are better if there's landmines because at least you've still well, got no, some Well, I think spare. the premise we came up with was it was a global fist fight. Right. There were right. no weapons. It okay. was just like a physical battle. So, well, yeah. still, the big people are fighting each other mostly because it's you're going to fight someone who's your own size first because they're the immediate threat, right? So you've only got to watch out for other little fuckers. Well, I mean, I'm sure a braver fighter would... I wouldn't. I'd just be finding everyone who's smaller than me and pounding on them. I mean, yeah. in a situation where I had to, where I had no choice. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go. I'm with the little people. Yeah. I'm going to be king of the little people. Yeah I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going up to like some heavyweight and being like, well, you're my greatest threat. No, he'll kill me. Well, I think I'd be better at someone who was slightly smaller than me, but not like that I had to bend down for. Because then it's in my weak zone. Uh, Tessa, hello, Will and Charlie. I live in Wellington and there is a tip shop near me or a tip shop near me, uh, which is, as the name suggests, a shop next to the tip. It's amazing. There are a few hidden gems just waiting to be found in this. There are a few hidden gems just waiting to be found in this store, one of them being this fax machine. I couldn't tell you if it works or not, um, but it only costs, a, it only costs $3, uh, the Australian equivalent of $2.81 in New Zealand. <laughs> I've attached some pictures for proof. If you're in need of a cheap fax that would cost over 10 times more to ship from New Zealand to Australia, then this is actually worth it. Um, uh, then this is... The, uh, yeah, da, 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 da. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the pod. I mean, here's what I would actually She's really like. She's attached some photos What's her too. Name? Uh, Tell me again. Tessa. Tessa. And she sent a photo. That's the fax. Okay. So what I would love even more is if Tessa has the capability at her house... To put in the fax line. Oh, to receive Because the fax. if she herself bought a fax, and then the fact that if you had to send us a fax, it had to go to New Zealand, and then, Tessa had to read it, and then she had to mail it to you. Yeah, she had to read it, make sure, and then mail it to us. We put another extra step in. I think that's brilliant. Tessa, if you want to spend, we'll, we'll pay for it. We'll lay down the three bucks, yeah. and we'll pay for all the postal, postage. Yeah, postage. If you want to be our official fax recipient... And then post it to us so we get the faxes, what, at least a week after they've been sent, <laughs> you'd think? Like, we go snail mail, no express post. How yeah, long does it take the, us in an international... for express post. Like, what the, would... It, I mean, from New Zealand to Australia, if you went snail mail, would you say a week? I'd think a week, right? Yeah, a week. <laughs> Let's do it. Tessa, I hope you listen to this episode. Get in contact with this. This could work. $3 on the fax machine and then everything else on post. Tom writes in, um, hey, uh, hey to Colin Fop. Firstly, apologize for not sending this message via fax, pager, carrier pigeon, or whatever the latest preferred TOEFOP method of communication is. Via New Zealand fax then post, <laughs> I think you're fine. <laughs> While listening to the latest episode, 222, I experienced some form of real-world TOEFOP crossover that I need to share with you. In the episode, you mentioned Woody Harrelson, semi-pro, and don't mess with the Zohan. Today, I woke uh, at 2 p.m. with a possibly the worst hangover I've ever had. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. I'm laughing because I, I get it. After waking up and ordering Domino's pizza delivery while still in bed, I got up and spent the rest of the day lying on the sofa watching TV. Look, my wife's 40th was a couple of weeks ago, so I'm just, I know this feeling where you were so hungover. That is all you can possibly do is get up from one thing you've been lying on yeah. and move to another thing to lie on. When you're ordering Domino's from bed, bed. That, that says a lot to me. Is you've That's woken a white up at a, flag. You've woken up at a time where Uber Eats isn't available yet yeah. and you already need pizza and <laughs> Domino's is, as their famous catchphrase goes, the only thing available right now. <laughs> During that time, I watched Semi-Pro for the first time, and I liked it more than I thought I would. And then Don't Mess With a Zohan. In between those films, I also listened to an old episode of The Dollop called Maximum John. It was about this American judge who was assassinated by a hitman who turned out to be Woody Harrelson's dad. Talk about a coincidence. Hearing the two of you talk about all that stuff made me feel like I drifted into some Tofop alternate universe. No, it was the fucking absinthe you drank the night before that you were still feeling the effects of. Uh, P.S., in Wildcats, Goldie Horn is managing a team of horny high school kids, not NFL. However, Charlie is 100% correct that it is actually a very decent film and his rendition of the theme tune was a delight. PPS, full disclosure, I may have had a, <laughs> I may have had a few cheeky bongs during the day. <laughs> However, I think that is the best way to consume Don't Mess With The Zohar. <laughs> yeah. However, all of the above is completely accurate and the bongs may have affected my favourable view of Charlie's rendition of the Wildcats theme tune. Hey! You just gave me a compliment. Don't take it away. Uh, Claire. Oh, hang on. Cramp? I know, my hip just caught in a, uh, ah. a very uncomfortable position. Oh, God. <laughs> um, hang on, well, let's have a pause. Pause. Let's have a pause. 
All right, we're back. Sorry, after we're back after emergency. my massive pain that I just had when my hip locked up and uh, had a bit of bone on bone action, and it was immensely painful for but a you, second. You got up and walked around, and you're and feeling now I'm okay. Fine. I'm All right. back. All right, Claire got in, writes in, Hi guys, long time fan of raising a future teabagger. Bad mum listening to Tofop in the car with a six-month-old bub. I mean, that is bad. It should be like smoking. You shouldn't be able to do it in a car with a child. Until they're, what, two? Yeah. <laughs> but then start after episode 58. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering, the, uh, I, I was pondering the movies I can't wait to introduce, introduce my son to. And Back to the Future, of course, is high on the list. Then I thought, by the time my boy is old enough, they might and feel sacrilegious even suggesting this have rebooted the series if this does happen how do you think it would work going back to the 80s forward to 2030 2040 casting thanks for all the laughs claire haven't this, they said that it's one of the ones that they're not going to reboot doesn't whoever owns the yeah until robert zemeckis dies yeah robert zemeckis has said i no. think uh, the weekly planet a couple of episodes ago i think covered this someone wrote in a similar question about a back to the future reboot and so zemeckis has acknowledged that yeah look it won't happen while I'm around, but it probably will happen at some point. So they speculated. So what we need to do is work on technology to make sure that Robert Zemeckis never dies. Never dies. I mean, I, I listened to the Weekly Planet guys talk about it, actually, because I'm always like, no, I would never look at it. But then they were saying, well, you've got to include like the current cast, like Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd, and you'd have to address the fact that it's not the future that they predicted. So using that as a starting point, I'm like, well, that's interesting. And we've talked about it on this show before. Like, how do you include uh, Michael J. Fox's Parkinson's disease because you'd have to acknowledge that mm. as well. And I think that could you be You blame it on time travel. Yes. <laughs> and Doc has to live with the pain that he's caused his best friend in the world. It becomes just a heavy like <laughs> Lars von Trier yeah. dancer in the dark type You drama. get Lars von Trier to reboot. He loves trilogies. Yes. So you redo the entire three movies again. It's uh, back, back to the Future Colors Blue. <laughs> Stacy writes in, Hi, Will and Charlie. I've been catching up on old episodes and finished the Bin Trilogy. Before listening to the... Well, I think well, it's now a quadrology or quadrology. quintilogy. Yeah, exactly. Before listening to the conclusion, I was thinking... A quinella. Quintilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, so, fact. Before listening to the conclusion, I was thinking perhaps the theft of your bin could have made a great Sunday night or 60-minute story. And I was wondering... What do you think the ad would be like? Something starting with, Beloved Aussie actor targeted by hooligans. You won't believe what they've taken. I mean, it feels more a current affair than 60 yeah. Minutes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's very not much... Not Sunday night. Yeah, it's Neighbours from Hell. It's not Four Corners. No, exactly. They'd have some sort of, like, footage, some CCTV footage from, um, like, you know, from the news agency. You know, <laughs> who've turned it over to them of you just waving your hand at teenagers in black and white in the street. I would like to revive the format of like one of those 90s tabloids, like hard copy, yeah. like really sex it up. Like everything, all the shots of me, I'm under like moody, like red, bathed in red lighting and stuff. And I'm just standing on, hands on the hips, standing on the street, mm. just patrolling for the bin thieves. Mr. Clawson claimed this cave was full of leftover nangs <laughs> used by the teenagers. But when we sent these nangs, to our lab, we found <laughs> Mr. Clawson's DNA. <laughs> uh, Morgan writes in, Hi, Will. Hi, Charlie. Separate greetings. I like mm, him. First I of all, know. thank you very much for entertaining my long drives to and from weddings. I'm a wedding photographer. These drives can be boring, but I need to keep alert is what I have learned since living in Australia for the past four years is that anything can jump out of the bush and onto the road. It's true. It's true. In front of your car at any given time. Sorry, that was a poor use of applause also by true. me. Also true. <laughs> so it's good. It keeps me awake and less lonely. However, it also makes me confused about the general aspects of life. <laughs> well, <laughs> we give you an sorry. existential dilemma. There's a Brilliant. yin and a yang. <laughs> Tofop. Existential crisis pending. Anywho, I had a question for you and I was hoping you guys could help me or confuse me even more. I am French. <laughs> Living here in Australia since 2014. And I have struggled with the traditionally French words used in English language. How am I supposed to say them? Do I keep the word, these words in a French accent or should I say them with an Aussie accent? I have tried both. I uh, did an experience in the deli in a small town recently and, may, and, they, and both made me sound like a dickhead. <laughs> I didn't even get the cheese I wanted. <laughs> the most quintessentially French of problems. <laughs> ah, sacre bleu! I did not even get the fromage I was after! <laughs> They literally 
a Frenchman has written us about his cheese issue. <laughs> like, I mean, he's on brand. I will say that. Uh, you say, uh, couldn't taste this slice? <laughs> no. Um, uh, what, what cheese? Let's speculate on what cheese you think he was after. Well, I think. Oh, he's going to explain? We'll get to it. Yeah, here's an example. Uh, you should reenact this. I'm sure Will's fluent in accents of the world. <laughs> okay, so he's written stage direction. Enters the shop, talks in a smooth accent. Mm. Uh, hello, how are you going? Could I please get some of that? And then stage directions, uh, reach deep into the throat, slightly louder voice. Brie and some croissants, please. <laughs> so it would sound like, hello, hello, how are you going? Could I please get yeah, some so. brie and some croissants, please? Brie, brie. Something like that, right? I mean, I imagine at this stage they've spotted from his stripy shirt, beret, and... <laughs> the onions are in his neck. around his neck. <laughs> I've tried keeping the French words as as the French say them. After mm. repeating myself three times, saying it louder doesn't help either. I've had to change to an Aussie accent. I sound like a dickhead in my own head and I sound like a dickhead to the shop assistant. What do you think I should do? Thanks in advance for your advice and time. So the theory is here that most of the time when he's speaking English, he speaks in a sort of generic accent, like an Australian French. accent of some kind. Or is he speaking in a French accent, yeah, English I, words? I, I, th I think, it, yeah. He's, I'm confused I about think he's that. speaking with a more... A more international right? sort yes. of. He says Aussie smooth accent. Okay, so maybe so he's doing a, a variation of Australian. Yes, people but might detect he's not from here, but they won't. Yeah, sure but what. okay, right. And then leaning into the words that are French in his yeah. native French. <clears throat> okay, so I think that's. So let's just identify the difference between. So we say croissant, yeah, and they say croissant. I would like to say croissant. Yeah. I think I say croissant. I think I, I vary between saying croissant. No, I would never say croissant. It's too pretentious for an Australian croissant. to say. Can I have a couple of croissants? Can I have two croissants? Oh, I don't even get the intonation right. Can I have two of those? <laughs> the weird... Two crusty bread <laughs> sweets. <laughs> All right, sir. Just back away from the counter. Now! <laughs> Curly crusty bread sweets make Charlie happy. Um, Brie, I would just say Brie. I wouldn't say. I mean, how would they say Brie? Brie, Brie. They would they roll the ass? Yeah, they? okay. Yeah. Just say Brie, Brie. I would say Brie, but I, I don't know croissant. Like, I mean, it, that is the way you're meant to say it. Yeah. Like you're all you're doing is saying it. That, oh, okay, you know what it comes down to? Yeah. Do you want the thing you've asked for, <laughs> or is the principle more important? Right? Yeah. Have you done that in America? Like yeah. often, so in I'll, America. I'll often use American accent. Well, if you're like. Half and half. Yeah. You want milk. Or if you want water, you've yeah. got to say it in an American accent because yeah. they do not understand what you're saying. Um, in taxis, I would quite often kind of like do the version of the, like yeah. the address in an American-ish accent so that they can understand me. So it's about whether you value your principles or the actual achievement of what it is that you want. Yeah. I mean, I think he's that if in, I in, think if they were selling Vegemite somewhere yeah. and they wanted to pronounce it like something differently, Vegemite. I would I would actually still pronounce it Vegemite. Yeah. I'd be like, that's how you bloody say it, mate. Well, he's bloody saying Vegemite. he wants like he's what he's saying is he wants to assimilate. What's the best way to do it? I think you say it the way oh, yeah. we say it because you're not drawing attention to yourself. Yeah, I and mean, I'm trying to think of other French words. Dumb yourself in, down for us. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> if you could. Uh, he signs off. I will send you a hand-drawn. Can I do it, with my friend? You know, I love doing yeah. my French accent. Ah, I will send you a hand-drawn picture of a croissant by fax next week. It will be totally unnecessary, but very rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for that offensive content, Morgan. I think the French would like this podcast. This feels like a very French. In podcast. In the same way, like me. Jerry Lewis is considered like trash comedy. Exactly. I would and love if we became like you huge, know huge. In there's France. like entire <laughs> festivals dedicated to Tofop. Yeah, exactly. Like we're just like, and and we're not quite in on the joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these two idiots. They talk nonsense and they think they have a show. It is barely a podcast, let alone a radio show. They think they can monetize this rubbish. Ah, now, shh, quiet. Let's observe them as they think they are being funny. Bravo, Will. Bravo, Charlie. <laughs> That we have no idea. We're like, we're fucking huge in France. Can you believe it? Well, you know what? Okay. So um, when I did the Maxi Bon ads yeah. way back in the day, it's got to be 20 years ago now when that happened. and um, uh, Or more. That. Yeah, here's the Maxi Bon ads. Um, but uh, they played those in France and they redubbed them with a French accent. What if I have become 
like because you know like the yeah. gobble dock or whatever there's yeah. always like some... you're Mr. Sparkle right <laughs> <laughs> like someone's rediscovered them yeah. and like I've become some sort of like French punchline like yeah. some famous comedian like referenced me in some bit and now I now I'm the I didn't do it kid yeah, yeah. of France yeah. and they realize that I have a podcast you're the like, Yahoo serious yeah <laughs> I love it. Uh, Aiden gets in contact. Cut the whole bit out, Michael. <laughs> Firstly, with regards to who has played themselves the most in films and TV, remember that competition I launched two weeks ago that was not a competition? Do I get bonus points for saying John Malkovich and being John Malkovich? I don't even think he. I don't th- even think that would win. No. Because the guy who won was And like you also said that, I believe, in the episode right. when we did it. So. Secondly, yeah, open your fucking ears. <laughs> Wow, all these reading these letters made Charlie super aggressive. Secondly, hello, Will and Charlie. I discovered your podcast about a year ago while I was working an incredibly monotonous summer job between uni semesters. And let me tell you, you allowed me to survive three months of cleaning seeds with a big old machine and a ca- as a casual tech worker in the agricultural department of WA, where nothing else could. So it also opened me up to the world of podcasts. It just kept me entertained so much that I haven't listened to music for months. Just podcast. Anyway, yeah. I have a question. Charlie and Will bringing down the music industry. From- <laughs> if it wasn't Napster, it was us. As well as you guys, I listened to several other podcasts and was wondering, do you have any good suggestions of maybe your favorite international podcasts, which are a bit less well-known, so to speak? Not Mark Marin or Joe Rogan. Uh, sorry for the long email, although I know you like filling up time with the content we send you. So I guess I'm not sorry. Aiden. Uh, the Dollop with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, obviously. Yeah. That's a big podcast. That's well but known. if you if you ha- don't listen to that, there are episodes um, uh, of that that like I am on uh, that you can go and listen to. Yeah. Um, and then get in that way. And then um, it's a brilliant podcast. Um, my favorite podcast still to this day, and we were just talking about it beforehand. I I uh, subscribe to their Patreon, and um, it is called Ah oh, Yeah Dude, and it's U H H Yeah Dude. Uh, it is one of the oldest podcasts like on the internet, and um, it is just amazing. Yeah. Like it's just, it's it, it, every time it it comes out, I listen to it immediately. Um, uh, so I reckon that's a really good international podcast as well. Um, I like the Jackie and Laurie show a lot. I like Dumb People Town, which is the Sklar brothers mm. and uh, Dan, and uh, they have fun. They, it's a good. It's they'll you know find three sort of dumb people. People have done dumb things. They'll get a guest on and they improvise around it. It's a really uh, funny podcast. The Crab Feast, which is an excellent podcast, is finishing up. I think they're at their third last ever episode. So if you've never listened to the Crab Feast, that's a really good one and. Um, uh, they're finishing up. Probably science we mention a lot on the podcast, but that's a that. that's a really good podcast. Um, what else? What else are you listening to internationally? At the I don't moment? listen to other podcasts. I listen to Tofop. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, ben, oh, this is Ben who did our animation. Uh, hi, Charlie and Will. I uh, discovered Tofop last year just before I suffered a nasty bicycle accident. The last you've given me since then have made my recovery much easier over the last 12 months. Thank you. I've been a Patreon subscriber for a while, but I wanted to do something else to thank you. So here's an animated film I created based on one of the big issues you explored in episode 220, Sneak Life. The legendary Tofop Bat Save lives on. Bat Save? Anyway, uh, Ben Phelps, uh, we plugged this the last episode. Yeah, this YouTube. would have been handy information to have when we speculated wildly last episode. <laughs> what his name might be. Uh, yeah, it's a great. He, so he animated a conversation we had about sneakers in episode 220. It's on YouTube. It's fucking excellent. It's, it's a, so good. It's, Check it out. Share it around. Yeah. If you want to do something for the podcast, like that is a really cool thing to do because I think it'd be a great... It's a kind of good insight to what the podcast like and he has done an amazing job with it so like it review it rate it share it do all the things that you can do with those sort of things by the way charlie you are a monster <laughs> what the, the bin trilogy had me cringing oh okay hashtag bin abuse frustrates me so much i even podcasted about myself so ben's a podcaster as well uh excuse the lisp i had literally broken my face and jaw around the time of recording that's fucking commitment like broken face broken jaw and you still podcast i mean it is isn't it Keep up the jokes and smart insights. Guys, you inject a lot of positivity and common sense into the world, and it's really appreciated. Thank you. Cheers, Ben. I agree with the first. I disagree with the second. 
Uh, Karen writes in, I was listening to an episode you did a while ago where you discussed whether ghosts should be whether ghosts should be naked when they appear to people because they're clothed and die with them or if they would appear in the outfit they die in. I think there's two other options. For I mean, ghosts we really wear. do discuss the big issues on this show. <laughs> so many issues in the world right now. So many oh, problems. <laughs> do you remember? Okay, her options for ghost wear. Number one, they wear the outfit they were buried in. Okay. You never see that, do you? You yeah, never see sometimes. ghosts in suits they were buried in, do you? Ah, uh, six feet under. Yeah, was, well, six feet under, that's what, the, was oh, that's it, what, what they're buried in or what they died in? Can't remember. Okay, so... Um, the dad, though, I'm talking about. But it's about. not like a lot of... Yeah, but it's not like a lot of ghosts are dressed in suits and mostly they're dressing people in, like, suits and stuff for yeah, funerals. So... Mostly dead men you would see would have to be in suits if that was the case. I don't think that's true. Her other option is they wear the outfit that is quintessentially them. Oh, I.e. yeah, okay. What people dress Their up. Their signature look. Yeah, but I mean, I would, <laughs> if, if, I, if, if my ghost were to appear to you, what would it, would it look like this? Yeah, absolutely. So trucker, trucker hat, hat. t-shirt, jeans. Yeah, exactly. Really? That's my yeah, look. That's so look. fucking nondescript. It's your look. It's Fred Durst's look. <laughs> it's never changed. Uh, Jennifer. Hey, Will and Charlie. Here's another tantalizing TOEFOP tidbit, one from the past. Long-time listener, first-time wannabe faxer, but emailer instead. At the time of me typing this for you, I'm listening to the newest episode, 223. In the TOEFOP respondents section, you read out the email of a law student who just played TOEFOP out of her phone speakers instead of her beats. I just thought that if she was still listening after that trauma, she may want to know that she's not alone. I've done the exact same thing, only it wasn't in the silent study section of a library during exam time. I was on a packed bus at peak hour. So I think I got off easier as I realized fairly quickly what was happening. But nevertheless, I got off at the next stop to wait for the next bus to come along because everyone was looking at me. <laughs> well, other than that, a show fills people with shame. I would also like to thank you guys for making my commute to and from uni in summer so much better as well as entertaining Well, apart me. from the times where you have to dismount the bus <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and catch so another much bus better out and of longer. Uh, Ash writes in Hey Will and Charlie First off I want to say I'm a huge fan of the pod And I genuinely cannot imagine It not being around Well It won't be one day Just fucking like Just get ready for that I don't know It wasn't for a while <laughs> That didn't stick well, Yeah right Good We point. came back to it It'll probably happen yeah. forever Tofop will never die Tofop No ambition <laughs> To do anything Thanks for everything you guys do Tofop We don't know why we started So why will we stop <laughs> Uh, next, uh, in true Tofop fashion, I figured I'd flog an episode old horse as much as I could possibly get. So following this virtual reality talk, I wanted to throw my idea into the virtual hat. So here it goes. Apologies. I might not get a little carried away. In some weird alternate Tofop universe, Tofop Industries has taken over and somehow become hugely popular across the world, spawning several other creations, such as the Toe Shop and other things I can't think of. Anyhow, well, a bad start. You, you're, imagine, off, you're creating a universe. Off the back of the French, I, I, I'd like to think. Off the yes. back, we become an underground hit of like, the French. Like Wild Stallions in Bill and Ted's. Like exactly. We just unite the world through Tofop. Exactly. Anyhow, you play as an unfortunate news... Uh, did the game. You play as an unfortunate news agent who has recently had their entire shop bought out and turned into a toast shop. Perhaps the worst of all, Charlie and Will decided to make this very building their headquarters where they now record every episode of Tofop. As this unfortunate news agent turned tow shop keeper, you will have to keep the shop looking its best while also having to put up with tow shop related shenanigans along the way. So in this virtual world, here's some of the things that she's uh, invented. By the way, this is like a good sitcom premise. Like this is like black books. Yeah, right. Basically. Here are a few ideas of ways you could have interactive tow shop experience. One, Robo Hamo running wild in the aisles. You'll have to lure him out sometimes to catch him with a comically oversized net. I love that. I mean, I like Robo Hamo as sort of like your Microsoft uh, 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 paperclip. Paper your hugely successful What If movies actually happened and are now on the shelves in the store. Love that. Awesome Clawson action figures complete with posable limbs and weirdly tiny hands are on the shelves. Pull a string on its back to hear a classic Charlie Clawson line. <laughs> a, computer, a computer at the newsagent's desk lets you listen to all the episodes of the podcast if, uh, as if they were being recorded in the studio right above you. To get the episodes to stop, you have to bang a broom against the ceiling a few times and yell, shut the fuck up already. <laughs> An out-of-control fax machine that won't stop printing faxes unless you yank out a plug in the wall. This sounds like a nightmarish experience. Somewhat awkward and fiddly to hold yet fully readable versions of Quantum Cop and the Tofop 100 books on the shelves. A random Tofop Industries tow bots to take you over to the Tofop 
to take over the Tofop HA as their first step in taking over the world. Oh, headquarters, I think she meant to write. You'll have to destroy them with suspiciously phallic-shaped weapons in order to stop the robot uprising. Seems appropriate that you two managed to cause the robot apocalypse that you guys dread so much. Anyway, that was just a few thoughts I had on how things could potentially go in your virtual universe. I thought about throwing in a few more, but kind of realized this has already been way too long. Keep up the great work. I bloody love everything you do. Thank you, Ash. That's fucking awesome. Uh, Adam Bailey, I believe, who's uh, created that Tofop news agent. New challenge for you. Put all that shit in the Tofop virtual universe. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to like about that. Maybe we should do a Tofop escape room. Where oh, it was like Tofop idea. themed, but you need to know certain things about room. like How's it the taking us show that long to get to this? To like, you know, get out of the Tofop escape room. Have you done an escape room? room? No. I did one in LA. But I'm familiar with the concept. So much fucking fun. You so, would love it. Yeah, well, that's what I think too, but I don't know any people who like would go with me. I'll do it okay. in a tofu escape room. <laughs> We'd still get everything wrong. wrong. But like that, that would be a fun thing to be able to do, like a tofu escape one, room. a one-off thing. Yeah. Someone write this down. Mike Hal. Because <laughs> <laughs> we will never remember. Someone write this down. Stella writes in, uh, robot or human? Well... Continuing the theme, hey guys, I've been loving the podcast for a while, but there's one thing that's been causing me some confusion. Michael, is a robot or a human? human? Now, I'm sure this sounds ridiculous, but here's a few points. Uh, Hang on, this is not the same letter from before, is it? Yeah, she's written in them twice. I guess because we didn't read it out the first time. Okay. (laughs) Megan writes in, to Colin Fop. Hey guys, long time, first time. When it was... When... All right. When it was released, I listened to the saga of the great fax machine debacle. <laughs> Is that how it's known? <laughs> I tried my best. And how us teabaggers almost sent that poor wound batty. I kept thinking how strangely familiar it seemed to me. And it wasn't until a few days ago when I put an episode of Seinfeld on to watch and realized what was so familiar. The same thing happens to Elaine early in the series. Kramer gives out her fax number. <laughs> and subsequently, her phone rings all day and night until she is ready to murder someone. This was probably a more than relatable storyline in the 80s compared to 2018. But there you go. Thanks so much for the great content over the years. I love it. We recreated a storyline from Seinfeld without even knowing it. I mean, that's amazing to me. Also, because I've seen every episode of Seinfeld so many times and I had completely forgotten that. But that you had, remember the one? Well, I do now that yeah. like, it's been pointed out, but it never occurred to me once while that was happening that the it was the same thing. warning signs were in front of you the entire time. I know. I mean, you could have at some point gone, hey, Charlie, we should stop this. This is reminding me of an episode, an episode of Seinfeld. Seinfeld. And well, I'm like, the one where they don't then, masturbate? Yeah, then we'd never... <laughs> Then we'd never get anything done. <laughs> Meg writes in, Hey gents, I'm back listening to Tofop after a brief hiatus and stumbled across episode 221, Sounds Wicked. This might sound a little strange, but can I applaud you both for openly discussing going to therapy? Traditionally, stereotypically, men don't often seek help in this area and even less likely to talk about it. To hear two mates, both famous faces, talk about it matter-of-factly and lightheartedly may help... Uh, take some of the stigma away. I don't know if this was the intention, but if it wasn't, I think it's a happy byproduct. Keep up the great work and don't give up on the fax machine dream. Cheers, Meg. Uh, so I should update our audience because I have had some questions in this regard because I did pose the question at some stage that my therapist might have died because <laughs> she wasn't getting back to me. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. It turns out her old email was just sending my emails through to it. So anyway, I eventually messaged her like on her direct... I was, I was always like, I don't want to like have to phone her or message her on her phone if I don't need to but it got to the point where I was genuinely starting to worry that something bad had happened (laughs) and so I messaged her and it turns out she's fine and did she say will you catastrophize (laughs) like I mean a more logical conclusion I did explain to her what I got like my thought process around it and it's fair to say that she she made some notes yeah she realised she's she's going to be able to buy a yacht by the end of the year she definitely got her notepad out (laughs) Uh, Joe writes in hey Tofop Get out of town. Mm. Monday morning, I was listening to Tofop 223 and Charlie's fork story. Uh, how I accidentally, one by one, stole all the forks from my office. Uh, I then get to work and, em, uh, and Emma said, hey, this might sound weird, but does, does anyone know where all the forks have gone? I freaked the fuck out. Then I remembered I took all the forks home for Sunday Christmas lunch. We're fork light at home. Uh, while I'm here, have you watched Leftovers? Keep fopping. <laughs> Pause. So you took all the... I didn't take all the forks. See, 
that is a bit weirder. Mine was over the course of two months. I one by one migrated all the forks to my apartment. I don't think it is weirder. I think someone intentionally taking all the forks home for a celebration that they knew they needed the forks for, it's more illegal. Like it's somebody, it's you know, yeah, it's somebody. Well, I assume he yeah, thought that he was going to return them at some stage. So really just borrowing, but unauthorized borrowing. But it was for a special occasion where yours was one by one and you didn't know it was happening. So yours is still weirder. Uh, Travis writes in, Hey guys, so I've got a quick story that others may be able to relate to. I'd recently got my girlfriend onto TOEFOP and she began to listen to the initial pods from 2010. At work one day, she was listening to an early episode while doing some work. And was Again, conf- as always, I need to point out, don't do it in that <laughs> order. <laughs> while doing some work, she was confused as to why she no longer could hear the pod through her earphones. After thinking, too. <laughs> <laughs> after thinking her Spotify had played up, or her earphones were not working for about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds had passed and she realized the guys in the workshop out in the back office had turned on the Bluetooth speaker to which her phone had automatically connected to and played for the workman to hear. Not only that, but when the connection is made, the speaker says, connected to, name goes here, iPhone. After she turned it off and ran out to tell me what had happened, I asked her to click back twice on the 15 second button to listen what uh, to what had been Brilliant. said for that 30 seconds. Well done. Good thinking. Um, and I said, look, it's not that much. It couldn't have been that bad. For context, you guys had been talking about different masturbation styles. <laughs> Sounds like Again, those early Don't apps. start with the old episodes. <laughs> we began listening and it started with, ha, ha, ha. We are probably going to get sued for this. But then the conversation dipped to, I wouldn't really call myself an adventurous masturbator as the conversation about grapefruit masturbating continued. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I've heard others with this issue, and I'm sure they can sympathize for her. But does she say something to the workers out back? Does she ignore it? Thoughts on this or similar situations? Thanks for all the last boys. Love the show. P.S. I think she should hijack it more often and get the workers onto TOEFOP as well. Good on you. Uh, Advice, Will? Uh, The advice is never listen to the old episodes, (laughs) particularly at work. Hand in your resignation. Yeah. Hope you never see those people ever again. I mean, it is kind of weird. Like, I... We've talked about how weird it is having people walk in while we're recording this. It is weird when people hear your podcast, not just TOEFOP. There's lots of podcasts I listen to where, you know, they've played loudly on public transport or at the gym or whatever, and I will scramble to shut it up just because it's, it's weird. Like, it's, it's, especially, it doesn't have to be dirty talk. There's just something kind of very... Well, you know what the thing is also? Specific and personal. I just want people who are listening to this to be doing it on purpose. Yeah. Like, so we, I don't have time to go into this, and I don't really want to go into this, but like... Say, for example, around the debate around the Louis C.K. comeback, right? Like, my attitude is that if Louis C.K. puts his name on, like, a show and, like, people know that he's going to be on, then people can make their own decisions about whether they think it's appropriate to go and see Louis C.K. But I don't think it's appropriate for him to just pop into shows where people didn't know that he was on, right? Yeah, people need to know up front. And I feel very similar about... yeah. I feel very similar about our show. Yeah. I don't feel like our show should be something that is thrust upon an unsuspecting audience. <laughs> okay, so you, how long we got with you? Uh, I, I need to wrap Finish this up. now? Yeah. All right, let me find... All right, there's seven emails to Sorry, go. everybody, but I have a show to do I'm going to find like the best one an to hour, So I need to have a shower um, and get ready. Okay, I round one. This is from David. Hey, lads, first time to fop respond a long-time listener. I've wanted to send a team out for a while now. I'm hoping this borders on the interesting, not the creepy. I own a dry cleaners. We're talking about dry cleaners. We're showing mm-hmm. the processes. I'm new to the industry. About 18 months ago, I was looking to buy a business, set on dry cleaning. It's been a few times the last couple of years where dry cleaning has come up. Your conversations always got interesting, blah, blah, blah. I tuned into uh, Two Guys, One Cup, um, but I wasn't an AFL fan. Anyway. I live in Sydney's eastern suburbs, been Bondi for 11 years. Over the past few years, I've listened, it seems Charlie uh, seems to live in the same area. Obviously, he doesn't get specific, but I think I kind of know where it is, uh, which is understandable. Um, because I know there pretty well, I've gradually pieced it together where I thought you were living. I had The other night, I had uh, some spare refrigerators <laughs> on board. <laughs> I thought of writing this in to say this. Be honest, dry cleaning is a lot of work and I just hadn't found time until this week. This week, while sorting through clothes coming out of the machine, there was a white card and a photo at the bottom of the pile. I knew it was a license and looked to see who it was. The name was Charles Xavier Clawson. Leaving a solo license in a suit pocket seems like the kind of thing someone would do while attending an awards night. 
uh, and not and wanting to ensure that the suit was as fitting as possible. Knowing the drinks were already paid for, you'll be happy to know the license was returned back to your suit pocket. You know what I did today before I came around to record? I went to the dry cleaners to pick up my suit. Having just gone to the police station to make a statement about something and realising I didn't have my licence, picked up my suit today with a licence in the pocket. Same dude. This guy dry cleaned it. Well, welcome to the final uh, episode of TOEFOP because I think we've wrapped up all storylines. That's amazing. What, what, that is absolutely amazing. You were, and I know that's true also because we literally had a discussion before air. this podcast about the fact that you got to the police station and didn't have your driver's license. And now where it was has been revealed by one of our correspondents to this episode. Mind blown. P.S. Charlie, my staff... What an insane world we live in, Charlie. <laughs> The star, my staff cleaned your shirt three times and couldn't get the stain off your shoulders. What did you do? P.S. Charlie, who are you kidding? Who's, who, who is cutting you at the bar? I thought we might be going out somewhere afterwards when which I'd need my ID. Right. Um, P.P.S. Uh, this is what every stalker's email would be like. Yes. yes. All right. Thank you so much for another great year. We're going to be back uh, mid-Jan. Keep mid-gen. an eye out. Um, there'll be information on the Facebook page. Go to tofop.com to check out this and many other podcasts. Support us at patreon.com forward slash tofop. Uh, philosophy. New episodes of that and some compilations will be happening. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, fofop. There might be a couple of new Fofop episodes. Matt Kirshen's in town this week, so I'm going to catch up with him. So, oh, is he? Yeah. So oh, cool. there might be a... Uh, he's been out supporting Jim Jeffries, I think. Yep. And he's uh, in town maybe tomorrow, actually. And uh, so I'll catch up with him. There might be a new philosophy or too but uh having a little bit of break over christmas as well but check out all that sort of stuff and uh uh hobart is on sale uh for my new show will informed as is the melbourne international comedy festival selling very quickly uh looks like i'm coming to newcastle and darwin with the old show with will eagle so um those dates will go probably by the time that um you know we talk to you next time probably darwin and newcastle will eagle shows will also be on sale Ah, that's it. Have a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.